Ladies, gentlemen, MB friends, he's still him. Alex Pillow cannot stop winning. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Three out of the last four and robbed of the 500. This man is untouchable right now. More on him in a minute. Welcome to episode 452 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison. And welcome to the third of our triple header of last week. And it's one of our favorite rounds on the calendar. I love this place. Best track in America, in my humble opinion. It's the Sonosis Grand Prix at Road America for IndyCar. And... Uh, Dodging his way through bratwursts and cheese curds is the one and only Mr. Cameron Buckley. Hello, sir. I don't know. I preferred uh, fried chicken and waffles on this weekend. And <laughs> so nice, this apparently. Case, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the uh, the breakfast of champions. The food of the gods. Um, yeah, he's just, he's just deciding that you're not going to take any points out of me. In fact, I'm going to keep taking points out of you. <laughs> we'll get into some of the stats and numbers behind it very very shortly but uh yeah we'll get into some of the deeper numbers regarding this in a minute but long story short alex polo won indycar road america his third win of the year he now has a 74 point lead in this in the driver's standings right now it's very close to having two weekends in hand and we are not even halfway through this season yet. We still have nine rounds to go. This is an off week for the series. It's back the week after at Mid-Ohio. And um, if Pelot wins the next one, he's almost guaranteed to have two races in hand at the halfway point of the year. Yep. This is terrifying, this run of form. This is even the F1 people are starting to notice kind of form, which is something that I don't normally talk about. Being a part of the racist Slack chat and seeing emails of news articles going, F1 team should consider Alex Polo. And I'm like, oh, we've got to this point, have we? Mm. <laughs> so, so that's intriguing enough. We'll get into that good. Yeah, he has been that good, and deservedly so. I'm not saying this to say that people are wrong to think this. I think the talent is absolutely there with Alex Polo. We all know the issue is politics and the man himself. We'll get into some of that a little bit later on. There's another bit of drama going on regarding another Chip Ganassi car in his stable as well, because the number eight car is up for debate. Marcus Ericsson, we're going to talk a little bit about him and the fact that there is rumors swirling that maybe Marcus Ericsson's seat isn't as secure as we thought it was going to be either. Um, more on that as we get it. And for the first time in a while, we could genuinely say on Motorsport 101, square up because it's time for Fight Club. <laughs> If only we have, I might put some boxing, some boxing sounds over the top of this bit because uh, Will Power had himself a weekend. Yeah, I was eating. Alex and I were eating chicken and waffles. Uh, Will Power was eating pure USDA premium beef. Yes, from the back of his, um, and I'm checking my notes here. Shit truck, according to Marshall Pruitt. <laughs> <laughs> True story. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, Rob, because, uh, like, willpower, we just, I think we and Cam described it before we went live as uh, that episode of The Simpsons where Ned Flanders finally snaps. <laughs> I, I didn't do it again, Cam. 
deadly ding dong crap. <laughs> that, among other things, <laughs> yeah. Um, the 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 talk of Zen Master seems so far away now. <laughs> Zoe in the chat says, "Quote: He's a lost puppy wielding a knife." Which, yeah, that's probably a fair way of describing it. Funnily enough, yeah. There was a lot of beef regarding willpower, which we'll get into as well. And we'll talk a little bit about the chaos that is Andretti Auto Sport because uh, this round was a mess. Colton Herter had a genuine shot of winning this race. He yanked out from underneath him because, well, Andretti botched his final pit stop. Didn't help. Um, Carl Kirkwood got involved in the wars again. And Romain Grosjean was, for lack of a better word, fucking dreadful um there's no other way i could describe it he had one of the worst indycar weekends i've ever seen from a driver that was shambolic more and yeah there's there, there's talk regarding him and his future as well which we'll get into later on as well so it's a heap show for us here this time around for indycar a lot to talk about um so we're gonna get right into it i'll do the social media at the end of the show so uh without further ado let's talk about indycar at road america He's still him. Alex Pelot spent most of his Road America race staring at the back of pole sitter Colton Herter, but with the Andretti driver suffering a botched final pit stop where not all of the planned amount of fuel was in his car, Pelot pounced with eight laps to go, took the lead, and would go on to comfortably take the win his third of the season and in third of the last four, it's worth pointing out, ahead of Joseph Newgarden in second, and Pado Award several seconds back down the road in third. With it, Alex Pelot extends his lead to 74 points uh, at the halfway point of the season. With one hand on the title already, what should Pelot do? Stay at CGR, go to McLaren, or go all in for a rumoured potential back-of-the-grid F1 seat? Now, for those who don't know, there's been rumblings in the last week or so that Pelot is allegedly begging um some guy in his phone book called max verstappen that guy apparently he's quite good um he's had a word with his mucker max and said to him hey do you mind giving us like a chat with dr marco about a, a possible alpha tauri vacancy if you're maybe not into dutchman all of a sudden just throwing it out depends there, on the maybe. dutchman depends on the dutchman one you definitely want to keep the other one yeah not so much less so <sighs> There is a lot to unpack with this driver's situation. I mean, to, to speak to his IndyCar form for a second, I mean, the way he's driving right now, the sheer poise and consistency that he's displayed this season, it's like everything he's shown up to this point amped up to 11. I mean, dude's got the Marcus Erickson floor with the Joseph Newgarden ceiling. And that is about as terrifying a combination in the series as you can have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see anyone catching him from this point out unless something mechanical happens, because we know how Pelot is. Unless something out of his hands happens, he's not going to drop those points. And chipping away this big of a uh, pun intended there, <laughs> chipping away this much of a points gap with this far to go left in the season, it's not unthinkable. But no one's chipping any points away. He just keeps piling them on. The rest of the field keeps beating each other up. I mean, Newgarden, his road course form has been bang average this year. He needed a result it's like back this one. Here. 
Yeah. I mean, he he rolled in in second, way ahead of everyone behind, but Pelot was thumping over half a second on his head every lap yeah. in that final yeah. stint. He drove away. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. The rest of the rest of his rivals that potentially could beat him up are all beating over each other. Newgarden, Award, Dixon, Herter, Kirkwood. Award finally stopped beating himself for once. He needed this to get back on track bad, but yeah, even good so. Good for Blyce, but that's not, good. that's not going to be good enough right now. Third is not good enough around Alex Polo at the moment. <laughs> Nothing's good enough right now because he's the one who keeps winning. Um, He's been out, as Jason puts in the chat uh, in the Riverside, he's only been outside the top five once. And that was a really fucky, silly race to open the season. Yeah, St. Petersburg. Yeah, and he's won three out of the last four. And the fourth, I mean, he got fourth place. He probably should have won it. Thanks, Renus VK. Uh, uh, arguably, had the fast, arguably had the fastest car of the 500 for the whole fortnight. I don't know if I'd call it arguable, but mm-hmm. sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles at the 500. Yep. But if what in the hot, crispy Kentucky fried fuck is he thinking walking away from this team? Because, for those who do not know, every podcast is someone's first. Chip Ganassi Racing on their three full-timers are currently first, second, and fourth in the title right now. (laughs) And this is considered a down year for Scott Dixon. Yeah, Dixon has been exceedingly mid. Uh, We'll get to... We'll get to his role in this weekend a little bit later, because hands, birds, etc., but fair enough on the Alpha Tauri call. You want to go drive that car right now? Arguably the worst car in Formula One. Probably the worst one being carried by Honda's monster engine. Like they literally sunk. They, they sunk to the bottom of the constructors' championship this past weekend in Canada after Alex Albon's miraculous seventh place. Yeah, they're getting slapped up by Williams and the constructors right now. France Tost has fired multiple engineers over the state of this car. Yeah. Um, Yuki Tsunoda is having a debatable driver of the year level season. He's been superb. And he has barely scraped a couple of points finishes out of it. Yeah. Um, and then there's the big, there's the papaya in the room. There's McLaren. Now, if you want to go drive for McLaren in IndyCar, they're kind of a mess right now. Sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. They're not a bad team. Like they're, they are clearly like arguably the third or fourth best team in IndyCar right they're now. That and next step below the Ganassi and Penske, and at times Andretti of the sport. Where yeah, and I think Penske's been a bit down this year overall, despite the 500 win. The 500 will bring any year right back up. Oh yeah. Um, you know it's it, it's one of those things where McLaren are almost there. But their personnel and their operational and reliability issues have cost them a, a, a table or a seat at the really top echelon of IndyCar. You know, so you know what, yeah, you, you know what it is. They are a high floor team, but with no ceiling because they haven't won a race so far this season. But they are getting their cars consistently in the top ten. 
Well, and they've had multiple opportunities to win, and they've tripped over their own dicks in the process. Yep, Pato multiple one. times. Rossi, you know, has had a has had four top fives this year, but no win, just the one podium. And Felix, Alex Rossi is somehow turning into their high floor guy, which is really weird, given yeah. Alexander Rossi. It's, it's it's like shades of his 2019 title form is just starting to come back with Alex Rossi. It's, but, it's, it's getting there. <laughs> but, you know, obviously McLaren has a Formula One team. Are they going to drop Norris and Piastri anytime soon? Because I wouldn't. Norris, Norris is... No reason. Norris gets every benefit of the doubt because he's been exceptional at McLaren from pretty much day one. And Oscar Piastri is 95% of what Norris is so far this season. I think Piastri's had a very solid rookie season so far. Not really done. He's not really done much wrong all year. Um, his first, his first Ron doing so far in F1 was backing the car in and qualifying. And I mean, he had a really solid performance in the race to make up for it. There yeah, is it? no reason for McLaren to drop either of their current race guys. Nope. And you can get a test roll with them. Guess what? They suck too. They didn't score any points last weekend. Also somewhat self-inflicted. McLaren are a distant sixth in the Constructors' Championship. Their car is scrapping for every morsel of a point at the moment. Yeah. I mean, your only options to get into F1 right now are debatably the worst team on the grid. And a team that is better, but has no reason to slot you into a seat, no matter how good you are. Because Alex Pelot, you might put him in the sim, he might be better than both of them. But you still don't have reason to drop either of them when they seem to work fine as a team. And they're both locked down long term against Lando Norris's best interest because the dude... Right. He has no performance clause. He's locked in until further notice. Right. The only other seat I'd even half entertain would be Alfa Romeo's right now. But like, if they're going to remove Joe or Bottas, it's gonna they're going to plug Fio Pochere right in. You'd feel they are, and they are a team very much in flux right now with Audi coming in. We yeah. don't know what the the evolution of that team is going to be over the next three years because they're really not going to be the same team come the new engine regulations. No. Uh, with new management, with new engines, and you'd have to think with new decision-making at the top. Um, it's just, I get what Alex wants to do, but in trying to, in trying for that moonshot to try and get into F1, his best opportunity to get into F1 is going to be as a bottom feeder, the bottom feeder team. And it will torpedo his IndyCar career. It's not exactly like he's leaving Chip if he does leave under the best of terms. No. I mean, post-race, the talk between them, very short, let's say. Frosty. It's 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 professional and nothing else. You yeah, know, it's civil and nothing else. It's 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 cold. Like I was Let's actually the outside. Yeah, I was actually yeah, it, it yeah, it it was stuffy, shall we say? Um, when I mean, I remember the end of last season at Laguna Seca where he absolutely destroyed the field in that race, and that was the most chipper Polo had been with Chip from day one, which goes to show you, like winning really does solve everything. And yeah. the fact that Mike Marshall Pruitt does fantastic work, obviously, in IndyCar and did his latest city season piece going into this weekend, said, according to him, 
apparently the walls are coming down a bit between both parties here. You have to hope. You have to Surely. Surely. Um, but, But I mean, last year, I mean, he was frozen out of team meetings. And even with more or less being more or less being persona non grata in that team, he was still putting together great performances in the second half of last of the year. year. Yeah, and won a race right to close that year, and he won that race by 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah, broke the field over his knee. And again, bad bad yellow timing away from fighting for the 500. Yeah. Um, like... Which, of course, eventually his, his own teammate, the weakest of the Ganassi cars that week, ended up winning. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. He's Spanish Dario. He's the best number 10 you've had since Dario. And it, and, and it ain't close. And it ain't close between the other guys. Look, Tony Canon was good. He was never this at, at, at chip. Felix was probably cut a bit too short. I think Felix deserved a, a longer opportunity with that team. Felix had the peaks. They didn't have the floor. Indeed. Like, and, Ed, and Ed Jones, it was too much too soon. You know, um, and I thought I thought Jones was a solid rookie for what it's worth. I just feel like it was too much too soon for him. Yeah. Um, and it's just hard for me to. Uh, and I say this as someone who, if it races and it's got an engine, I'll probably watch it. Mm-hmm. I feel like a bottom feeder F1 team, which is weird to call McLaren, even with their past decade of struggles. <laughs> Um, I feel it'll be a waste of Pelot's talent. I really do. Pelot deserves better than that. Like, like Stefan Wilson put put the energy out there. I would love to see Alex Pelot in a Red Bull. Put oh, the, hell, fuck yes! Like, like if if Red Bull wants to take a punt with a guy who doesn't know any better, then why not? Well, given, but, given that Perez has been atrocious the last three weekends, yeah. Um, but that's a different. That's a story for another time. I mean. It just, I don't want to see an exceedingly talented driver toil away at the back of an F1 grid in equipment that's not worthy of him. Pound for pound, there is maybe two people on the planet that are driving better than him at the moment. And I think it's it's Max and Fernando like right now. like Pelot's average finish this season in IndyCar is 3.4. In a series that is explicitly designed from its very DNA to not allow people to dominate. 3.4. And you're talking about wanting to give it all up, sacrifice it all for an Alpha Tauri seat going into your age 27 season. What? <laughs> like I just, I I, 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 I I get it, but I don't like it. I get and, it. I, I said, but I said it on the yeah. show before. Polo, Polo was a young man when Spain had a sporting boom. You know, Fernando's world titles, the Spanish national football team. You know, was kicking ass in the mid two thousands. Rafa Nadal had just become the best tennis player on the planet. You know. Like MotoGP, they like Danny Pedrosa and Jorge Lorenzo came around pretty frigging quick and then started taking all the headlines away. Like, I, I mean, Jason Polo's era. He says in the chat, I mean, if this was Alpha Tauri of 2020, 2021, I would have loved to have seen it then. Sure. Especially the 21 car with, you know, they put together a solid car. Honda had a monster engine in 21. And they were, there were races where Alpha Tauri were best of the rest in 2021, weirdly. Um, but since the, since the new regulations have come around, they just cratered really, really mm. badly. Mm. And I just, I just don't want to see him 
pivot to a backmarker team. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, what happens then? You burn no, the bridge with IndyCar. There's no guarantee that a top team, you know, blows up a seat potentially to put him in. Like, like I, I, I'm sure, happen. I'm sure somebody would because it's Alex Pelot, who's a proven winner, but and obviously, probably proven champion. But like, teams like to lay out their plans two, three years down the line, and. Look, I, I completely agree with you, Cam. Like, it's a waste of Polo's talent for him to be anything short of a of a Mercedes level F one C. Yeah, a- anything less than that is a waste of my time, and it's a waste of his time. But, but as far as the- I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, he's a minimum top three driver of the year candidate so far. Yeah, minimum. pound for pound, no question. Uh, he- and, and this in a mm. series where, other than the engines and the suspension packages. It is spec. Everyone's driving the same car. Everyone's got the same arrow. Mm-hmm. You make the difference. You have the power to make your own luck in IndyCar if you can get the other two components that are out of the out of control of the series right. He is curb stomping Scott Dixon. Who is still driving still very here. well. Who's still driving very well this season. Maybe not the upside pra- to practice, win. Practice session this weekend aside. Yeah, he's had one finish out of the top seven all year. He's still a phenomenal driver. Yeah, he's still that dude. Maybe a bit quieter these days, but it's not a good slide when Zoe in the chat says, Dixon is calling Polo Daddy, which is... Uh, We're cutting that out. Oof. Oh, that's staying in. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Are you editing this show? No, <laughs> I am. That's staying in. Um, so, but, yeah, I mean, he's torching Marcus Erickson, who, let's not forget, won the Indy 500 last year. Mm-hmm. And, ve- and probably should have won it this year. <laughs> very well could have won it this year. Probably should have won it this year. Say the same about Pelot. Mm. Uh, and, and, and this is all just circling back to CGR is an exceptional team. The best team in IndyCar. And have been for a couple of years, years now, now. really. Yeah. Since really 2019, after the 500, Penske kind of fell off. They were a little a bit. bit up and down. And then, I mean, since then, it really has been all Ganassi at the front. It's to, to wrap this up in the neat little bow. Polo is 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 uh, to borrow a line from Cam. He's hotter than fish grease at the moment, and there's a reason why some of the F1 journos are starting to chime about him potentially being an F1 like Chip or Alex. If I review a listening, lower your pride and cut a deal. Everybody wins here, okay? You don't like Alex. Trust me, Zach Brown is not going to put you in one of your F1 seats. It's not going to happen. Like. Like, look at Pado. Pado is 99% of what you are as a talent, and he's fucked him around for the last three years about giving him an F1 seat. He's not, if, yeah. he, if, if he wasn't prepared to move heaven and earth for Pado, he's not going to do it for you. He, he handed he handed a napkin contract to half of the IndyCar grid, including Alex Pillow, despite the fact that there would be a contract conflict. I'd say, ooh. If he comes to drive for my team, I'll put in a word in about F1. And then he signed Piastri, who he also sniped from another team 
who had him under contract and then let yeah. that lapse. A, 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 very a, funny. a bunch of, of, of very sketchy handshake agreements behind the scenes between Zach and Mark Webber, who manages Oscar Piastri as well. Because I'd argue if Oscar shuts the fuck up and gets some of it, he's driving a better car. But yet... He probably wanted the, the extra money that McLaren was prepared to give him. Oh, and he's the dr- fa- definitely driving a better car at this stage. And um, the fact that Alpine were dumb enough to say, hey, Oscar, we'll, li- we'll loan you out to Williams for two years first. Idiot. <laughs> like, idiots. Point is, is that, yeah. Alex Below, as Jason puts in our chat, you never want to drive for a team boss who has received the foul on Dior from this show. Yes, and we've and there's like so so you tell me so you tell him he doesn't want to drive for Jim Glickenhouse. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> oh, still better than Van Wall. Should we move along the garage a little bit here? <clears throat> because like Marcus Ericsson's kind of in an interesting place right now, right? Like he finished sixth in this race. You know, another solid result. He keeps his streak alive. He's the only other man besides Polo to have been in the top ten for every race this season. He's second in the championship still. He's still 74 behind Polo, but he's having another very solid season. But with rumors swirling that McLaren wants to possibly expand to four cars to facilitate him, and we all saw earlier this season, Zach was pretty much tapping the man up. Um, in Very football style. Like, I can't believe they haven't tied down Marcus Ericsson yet. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, elbow, elbow. Um, come punch, to daddy. Exactly, et cetera, et cetera. And allegedly, Chip still wants Marcus to pay for this seat to, to fund the number eight car. Um, should Marcus think about the departure? Because this is a tricky one for me, because here's the thing, right? I mentioned this on Twitter a couple of days ago. Marcus Ericsson's average finish this season is 5.8. That's pretty good. Ch- that's championship level form. If you if your average in any in, other year, yeah, any other year, if your average finish is under six, you're in contention for the championship, hundred and ten percent. Like, I think that was roughly Joseph Newgarden's average finish last year. I think, it was, I think it was actually a little bit bigger than that last season, funnily enough. And Newgarden very nearly won the title still. Like, it's 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 a very very good average. It's elite level average, no question. It is. Well, I've also noticed something, and call me crazy. I mentioned this last week again on Twitter, and I'll mention it again here. There is some, there is another entity in the Chip Ganassi team that may end up costing Ericsson money. It's his namesake, Marcus Armstrong, in the number eleven car. Mm. Marcus Armstrong was brilliant at Road America and was absolutely screwed by his team's poor strategy call. Because Marcus yeah, he, he was Mar- running third on the road pretty much the whole race until it blew up and Yeah, they kept him out when when he kept him out under yellow and the whole field came in for no good reason. It was an atrocious strategy call from it, Ganassi. It, it was sacrificing the lower car in the running order to see if I mean had another yellow come he would have benefited from it and it just never did yeah um but sometimes when you play the strategy you get it right sometimes you get egg on your face but he was far far better than the final result show and absolutely in his showings this year i mean he has been quick pretty much on every occasion top 10 level on the road courses he's ran pretty much all year long and this is the problem if 
and don't get me wrong, Marcus Armstrong was a good Formula 2 driver. He was not a great Formula 2 driver, right? He, he didn't have the, the, for me personally, and people yeah. in the chat can disagree with me, I don't think he had Christian Lingard's level of upside when he was in Formula 2. Doesn't, and, doesn't and, feel like it. And he's gone over there and he's he's been running top 10s in the 11 car roughly on average pretty much every appearance he's made in IndyCar so far. And that's the problem. If you can bring another European import of a decent level to do similar things to what Marcus Armstrong is, what Marcus Ericsson is doing right now, this is going to go piece of think We've got two Marcuses in the same team. But, but, uh, Marcus say and Marcus E. If, if Armstrong keeps driving like this, Ericsson's value inherently goes down. Yeah, because he's a part timer, brand new to the series, driving the same equipment, and he's more or less shadowing him down the road. And he's only going to get better with more time because he's not doing ovals. Uh, Jason, again, in the chat, spitting facts. Mm -hmm. Uh, If he said he would be willing to drive ovals, because, of course, we have Takuma Sato doing all the ovals in the 11 car this year. That's now confirmed, yep. um, I think he would have legitimate legitimate value to sign him to a full-time IndyCar ride because he's been solid. And in the same equipment as Marcus Erickson, on pace, he's more or less been the same. Not not far behind. Like yeah. there's not he, much he's, between. He's been them. in the he's been in the ballpark, and I mean, I really don't know where Erickson goes from here because he's P two in the title right now, and you would never really know it because he does it. It's not really sneaky anymore. But not- if you're new to IndyCar, he is the sneakiest man in all the land because. He just racks up those top seven, eight finishes every week and puts the points on the board. He is probably the highest floor guy right now besides Polo, but he doesn't have that, that, that raw pace and talent to dip into. He doesn't have that last percentile to get him over the hump against the new gardens, the Dixons, the Polos. Spot on. Um, And this is in Chip Ganassi equipment. As we've established in our last section, the best in the field right now. If if Chip's an arrogant motherfucker, which I think he is to a degree, he's probably looking at Armstrong right now and thinking, if Armstrong can come in here straight away off the back of F2 and immediately be in the top 10, I might not need to spend multiple millions of pounds to tie down Marcus Ericsson to a long-term deal. He might be sitting there thinking right now, I have the best team in IndyCar. I can run anybody I choose in these seats. People will yeah. come to me. If, if, if the offer is there, they'll they'll extend the olive branch to whoever they want. They'll certainly consider it because CGR is the best team in IndyCar. And maybe I don't need Marcus Ericsson. Yeah, and if you still want to, if you still want to run a fourth car part time next year, you have you have the the IMSA boys. If you want to go dip into that pool, if you're Chip, so you lose nothing from doing that, at least if, on paper. If Mayor Shank's not going to move anybody out, they could give Tom Blomqvist a call tomorrow. We don't. Given given the, uh, quote, source I made it the fuck up level things coming out of sports car racing right now, I don't know what the status is going to be on Meyer Shank next year. Mm. Uh, Zoe makes a great uh, point in the chat. Ericsson's yeah. stocks got damaged when Pelot walked in and won in his first CGR season. It steadied last year, but it's taken a hit again with Armstrong. Yeah. Anytime someone walks in and starts doing well with CGR equipment, the guy who's been there for a long time, 
people people start asking questions and he's at really looks like the limit of his potential where he is going to bring home that top seven top eight every weekend on the dot but a win is a heck of a lot harder and unlike scott dixon because dixon's absolute peak has fallen off lately a little bit yeah not massively but he's got a whole lot of rings and a whole lot of credentials to keep him in that seat as long as he wants. Dixon's the there nine for is life. his. The nine is his until he wants to hang it up. Agreed. He's done more. He's earned the right to what I call the golden handcuff deal. You run Dixon as long as he wants to be there at this point. And he is still a permanent threat for the 500, as is Erickson. Yeah. I mean, Ericsson won last year, and look, people want to say that was a fluke. It wasn't. Ericsson was top 10 speed all the way through the fortnight that were running before that 500 was done. He was in the mix all weekend long. Yes, he got a bit lucky with the way it played out for his teammates, but his speed was good enough to win that race. And when the chance came, he took it. And, and this year, if it wasn't for IndyCar dusting off a rule it's never used before, Ericsson wins. He goes back to back for the first time since Helio did it. Like, that is huge. You're, you're cementing Ericsson as an all time great of your series of two 500 wins. Like, that's and huge. In much, and he's in better shape in the championship right now if he wins that 500. Absolutely. Like, he, um, he was, it's, it's another 10 points. He's, he's 10 points closer to Polo. Like, it's, it, it's, a, it, it's a weird place for Ericsson right now for me because, like I said, if your chip. He's not as valuable as you as as he might be to another team. The problem is, is that Ericsson outside of Chip Ganassi racing hasn't been particularly special. And that's another problem. And that's a gamble that another team might be prepared to make. Say so if this is your ceiling and CGR equipment, what happens when you go somewhere else? What happens if he goes to, to McL- What happens if he goes to McLaren next year? If McLaren really are serious about going to four cars, maybe as imminently as next year, they're saying likely 2025 once they move into Andretti's new building. Because they're going to have more room when they do that. I mean, I think it looks pretty similar, honestly. He's the highest floor guy there by a mile, but he doesn't have Pato Awards pace. He doesn't have the peaks. that we, We've seen Rosenquist you know, dip into Even that Phoenix has done percentile. it. Yeah. Um, and they were having a great 500 until it all went wrong for them. And Alex Rossi, again, is somehow their floor guy. You probably expect him to be somewhere maybe a touch behind but near Rossi. He's been unlucky at Alex Rossi because low-key, I think he's been very solid at, at McLaren so far this year. He's only 30 points behind Pato, and we know Pato is as good as anyone on his day. Yeah, Pato also threw his car at a wall three weekends in a row. Yeah, it doesn't help. Um, and you know, Rossi's been screwed. Say? I mean, Rossi's been screwed a couple of times. His 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 pit crew did him dirty at Texas, and then Long Beach's car failed on the final lap. Doesn't get much more unlucky than that. Besides that, he's been in the top ten every other round this year. He's. I mean, you're practically looking at the same results. It's just that you know Erickson hasn't gotten screwed. No. If you're looking at Rossi racking up again, you know, fringe top five to the next couple positions. You're probably going to look at Ericsson being pretty similar at CGR, but C or, or sorry, out of CGR, but CGR has the peaks to go get you wins and championship challenges. 
Did this, That's you just know, the team they are right now. You know what this screams to me? This screams like James Hinchcliffe when he was at Andretti, where it was like, maybe you're better off being the big fish in a smaller team. Because inherently, maybe. inherently, he's... Like, there is obviously... Like, again, this, none of this is a downgrade on, on Marcus as a driver. He's done a fantastic job the last two years. He's a top six driver in this series, and there is no shame or disgrace in that whatsoever. But he's not as valuable to a top-end team because they they need upside guys to win a championship against other upside guys. Like, Ericsson is probably more useful as a baseline guy to a midfield team. So, like, maybe someone like... like I think he'd be a great fit at somewhere like Andretti or somewhere like maybe Ed Carpenter racing. They need a floor guy. They need guys that can get you good results and good machinery. But where Marcus fits in the series is kind of weird. He's like a vanity option. It's like an NFL team that takes the drafts a kicker rather than going undrafted just because they can. It's he, like he, he completes your lineup, but he doesn't send your lineup over the edge, right? Uh, to being a contender. And if you're a lower, if your lower field team, as you said, you're going to look for someone with higher upside. I mean, at Andretti, I mean, shit, he'd definitely be an improvement in the 29 car. Yeah, maybe even the 28 car. God, more on that later. Yeah, more on that in a minute. I've I've put this off long enough, Cam. We got to talk ding. about we got to talk about Fight Club. We got prime beef in this weekend after Scott Dixon drove into the side of Will Power in the second free practice session of the day, destroying uh, Will Power's car. Power gave Dixon the signature double bird getting out of the car and even shoved him when they when they saw each other in person. Later on, I think that was the think it was the the Saturday of the weekend. Uh, the tracks organizers left the keys to a compost truck in the paddock, which Will Power stole because the keys are in the ignition, and Will parked it in front of Scott Dixon's motorhome. Uh, <laughs> which is just that is. <laughs> So petty you could have named him Richard. Somewhere, Will Power is currently being hacked to death by Emma Dixon. <laughs> he's, his arm is being basted in her favorite pancake maker. Um, it's... <laughs> uh, Cam, Cam Buckley's face, let me tell you what that one was a treat. If you like, you, you got you got to be a part of the supporters club on Discord to be able to you watch know, us as we record this. But you know, in the words of Will Power, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I kind of deserve that one to be fair. <laughs> um, but uh, we, we uh, the the best part of all this for me was when Will was interviewed after free practice, and just when you think, no, 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 <laughs> this this that came later. This is let's set a timeline on this. Sure, sure. First practice, first practice with incident. Scott Dixon breaks out the oral surgery. Mm-hmm. He had a bit himself a bit of a senior moment. Let someone through, not looking what he was doing. Just clobbered power on the way by, not looking what he was doing. Right. And then in final practice before qualifying, he drives up behind Romain Grosjean who's had a terrible, no good, and very bad weekend, much like Will has. Mm -hmm. Throws him a late block, puts him on the grass. 
And then Will Power qualified the car 22nd. Cue the interview. Cue the interview where Will goes talking. It's the generic driver interview. Oh, the car's Insulting all right. the track. Yeah, the track was repaved. He didn't like it. Didn't like the repaved track, you know, just unlucky. One of these things. We'll see what we can do later in the weekend. Just when you think the interview is about to end, my man turns to the camera and goes, and Romain Grosjean's a piece of crap. For what if we see what he did to me in practice, he, he he should get a punch to the face, and I'm just like, wow. Then master, gone. The the calmest man in the room, William Power. Um, I As... joked I joked on Twitter that that like that was that increased IndyCar's marketing budget by a factor of a thousand. Unfortunately, you're multiplying it from zero. Um, uh, as Zoe described it, uh, Zoe, who Will Powers famously one of her boys, uh, lost puppy with a knife. That was the Will S. Power energy. <laughs> in caps lock, lost puppy with a knife. I like, I love that. Um, yeah. yeah, he had a pretty atrocious week. I mean, the only thing that went well for him was getting fastest lap in the race, but that's not really worth a whole lot in IndyCar. So pride. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it, not. It's not that. Uh, it, no longer. You don't have to be fastest lap bitch in IndyCar, unlike you do in F1. No. Um, his title's we... probably done. It, 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 it's, been done. A, it's been a poor year for Will. It, it, like, it's by his standards, you just you expect better from Will. I know he's not been in the best of places, given that you know his his wife Liz nearly died. If you watch 100 Days to Indy, the one, the one episode I do recommend most definitely is the willpower episode. It's the best one of the series, in my opinion, um, where Liz talks about what she was going through, and it is harrowing. Like, I I could see how that would do a number on anybody as a loved one. Mm. Um, but um, just taking the stats as they lie, um, it's not been a great year for Will. Um, clearly frustrated, clearly tense week, week to week. He's had a couple of podiums, but... No, no, no wins yet, and just it, it feels mm. results wise very similar to how really all of Penske, other than New Garden, has gone. Where there there are some points where they come up for air, and you see them. Oh, Penske, like Penske's back for the weekend, and then there's other times where they are just very, very anonymous. Um, the only one who's consistently kind of pushing through that form is Joseph uh, McLaughlin. Started off this year hotter than fish grease and has since kind of disappeared yeah it's it's a weird one like it's it's i i hope will's okay first and foremost like because mm-hmm. this was just this was like he snapped like, like we joke we, we joke it was like ned flanders when he finally lost it because it was just it's like even that level of snap. I know Will's got a bit of a short fuse. It's not the first time he's broke out the double bird. It's quite famous for him at this point. But even so, that was a that was a sharp one. And and look, Dixon, each one is like you know. each one is like an inflection point in IndyCar. He's done the double bird, I think, three <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah, he has. And like Dixon, look, it was an uncharacteristic dentistry moment from Dixon. He he fucked up. He let Roman go through when he rejoined after going off himself. Just didn't see Will Powell's car and then rode off both cars. Yeah, brutal. And you know, Dixon held his hands up and immediately apologized. To be fair, so it's it, it was just one of those things. Um, but 
weird, weird state of events on that one. And yeah, bit of a write-off of a weekend for Willpower, unfortunately, on that one. But uh, hey, we got the double burden to shove. You know, that indie rivals, baby. Indie rivals. Uh, we, we are back. Uh, we, are, we are back with some violence. But uh, we've got to talk a little bit about Andretti before we get out of here as well, because Andretti are just a little bit all over the place again at the moment here. I mean, it was a messy one. Colton Herter. Threw it away. Final stint. He was he had a couple of seconds in hand when he came out of pit road ahead of Polo. He'd actually gained time in in the lead of the group when he came in on the undercut on his final stint and a couple of seconds in hand on the field. But his final pit stop, not all the fuel went into his car from that final stop. And Colton had to nurse the car home in the end. He finished eleven seconds off the win in fifth in the end. That final stint was a was Polo a disaster. Was six to go. Yeah, uh, it, it was that final stint was a disaster uh, for her. So, yeah, Kyle Kirkwood, In Kirkwood has a has a knack of rescuing himself for some pretty nasty scenarios. He fell to the back of the field on the opening lap when he gave Pato Award a not so friendly bonk into the first corner on the first lap. Got offline and spun his car out. Um, had to had to be refired on the side of, on the side of the, the side of the road, but eventually came back to finish in ninth. Good strategy call from Brian Herder to switch it up, um, and a decent recovery. Grosjean was horrific. Grosjean was dreadful. Grosjean, he unloaded with what seemed like a really touchy car, and he just never got away from that balance. And that he just had so many. So many gravel moments through the weekend. I mean, there was the incident in practice with Will, which was on Grosjean. Not the worst of blocks, but certainly unnecessary when you're in practice. Um, and then qualifying was a shit show, and then the race was a shit show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wonder if the missed opportunities of earlier in the season, a lot of which weren't on Grosjean, and now he's just, it, it feels like he's overdriving. May, he's, trying, uh, may- he's trying to get blood out of a stone. He's trying to make something that's just, it's just not going to happen. And Devlin, Devlin confirmed just, uh, he took part. Yeah. That's, that's just about the only notable thing about Devlin at this point. I mean, feels kind of like a waste of great equipment. Did you read Marshall Pruitt's mailbag from, from today? I have not. It is a weekly ritual for me because it is always great. I've not there, gotten to it yet. There is a fascinating question in there about Romain Grosjean that I think you'd like to hear. Now, this this, this question, I'm going to read it out to you because I've got the window open, open on my other monitor here. Mm-hmm. From Dan in Arizona. And Dan asks Marshall Pruitt, again, one of the best in the biz. Mm-hmm. Uh, why does it appear Romain Grosjean is trying to get fired from Andretti? He's driving like a maniac NASCAR rookie, trying so hard to make a statement, but we all know he's talented and quick. So why this apparent self-destruction? And Mark, this this was Pruitt's response, and I found this fascinating. Quote, This is among the saddest stories of the opening half of the year. Coming off a terrible debut season with Andretti, Grosjean returned in fine form, was fast, consistent, and exuding positivity through Long Beach. Since then, it's all gone wrong, and despite being at fault for most of the bad things that have happened, I think he's meant to say not being at fault, to be fair. Um, that's a typo on his part. His treatment of the team, from what we've heard from radio transmissions and on the broadcasts, has been somewhere between abusive and tyrannical. 
It continues to say, we went from team owner Michael Andretti telling me after Long Beach that he expected to get together with Roman and get a contract extension done in May to no news of that happening. And on their current arc, things will need to improve and improve quickly to get things back on track. End quote. Mm. Not that, good, is it? That sounds like a man who may... Do you remember Andrea Iannone? In MotoGP around 2016, sort of time, uh, very much so. You know, the guy who um, Ducati were going to build their team around for the foreseeable future and dropped Davizioso over because yeah. he had a lot of upside when he was keeping the bike upright. And it was it was that critical round in Argentina where Iannone tried a dive bomb on his teammate at the final lap, took them both out of the running, and allegedly, according to people in the know, uh, Luigi Delinia immediately withdrew the contract extension he was about to give Iannone, and his career never got back to the same dizzying heights again. That's kind of what this feels like with me and Grosjean. Grosjean, to a degree has been bitterly unlucky. Like, you, you run down the rap sheet. Opening round, taken out by Scott McLaughlin. Texas, lightest of taps of David Malukas when he was running top five. You can maybe call Some, that a wash. Something that Malukas's spotter, who more or less gave him false information, put his hand up about, yeah. said that he made a mistake. And... It wasn't Grosjean. on Lucas. It's just one one of those racing deals, quote one unquote. Racing incident not on Grosjean was unlucky. Was running top five when that happened. Yeah, Long Beach was excellent that weekend. Only got beaten by an inspired Kirkwood that weekend. Yeah. Alabama should have probably won that race until this push to pass tank expired. Even with the mistake when he ran wide, he had a hundred seconds of push to pass that suddenly disappeared. And ever since then, the form has dropped off. Even, like, he wasn't running great at Indy's road course. He was middle of the road there. According to people in the Noah Andretti, it looks like his crash at the 500 may have been induced by the incident with Colton Herter in the pits, which mm -hmm. did not help. Um, and then Detroit suspension failed even before he hit the wall. And now this one, this it was just, the, it's, it's the first genuine it bad weekend. Yeah. yeah, this is the first one you can look and say Grosjean is driving poorly. Yeah. Um, and it's it's one of those things where it just feels like it, it's just snowballed. Regardless of who's at fault, it's, it's just snowballed to the point where now he feels the need to try and go, try and get everything he can get. And it's backfiring now. Now he's overdriving. Now he's, you know, he, he's trying to get results that just aren't in the car. Yeah. Um, on a given weekend, and his season's taking a nosedive, and he needs it, to pull up here. And he's, that's to yeah. say nothing of – go, Andre. Sorry. Yeah, I was like, he, he was the best driver in IndyCar through Barber this season. Yeah, I would go without, with that. With, without question. First four rounds of the year, he was driving like the number one dude in the series. He's now 13th and 174 points behind that. You could that see it in the way he was talking to people and the way in the way he was walking through the paddock. He had a, a swagger about him. Yeah. That now is seems to be gone. Now that's now that belongs to Alex Pillow has taken that mantle emphatically. And I really don't want to see Grosjean drive his way out of an Andretti contract extension. 
I really don't. He's he's great for the series. The series needs a guy like Grosjean. They need an established name and face from the F1 side of things. It's good for the series that he is good. Everybody wins when Grosjean's up there. He's a recognizable name. Before he's- you fire up your pitch for, your, your pitchforks and everything, right? This race bombed. TV wise, it was it was shambolic. This race, they took it off of free to air, put them on, put it on the USA network, which is paid cable in the United States for those who don't know. And this race got barely over a third of its viewership from last year. Bet not even three hundred thousand viewers. Everyone qualifying outdid this race. You need marketing. You need names. Yeah. If you want to punch up at F1, that is your prerogative. I will let you do it, and I will laugh at you. You need someone established to draw people in because the series is actively refusing to make smart decisions when it comes to its own marketing and the viability and visibility of the product. If you make the best product in the world and no one's around to see you release it, did you ever actually release it? Yeah, uh, like it's 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 a very convenient glass house that IndyCar are throwing stones out of because like you said it, it, it's it's all well and good having the best racing product in the world which I believe IndyCar genuinely has right now between when people them and, aren't driving like dickheads yeah between and yeah don't get me wrong the driving standards in this race as a side that the driving standards in this race were shambolic by the way like it Joseph was Newgarden awful. driving himself four wheels off to shove uh was it Lungard off Lungard the road and Polo he did the same to Polo later on in the race as well and neither was penalized but yet Kirkwood's was and Pato Awards well don't get me wrong Power Awards certainly absolutely was the right decision from the stewards to hit him with that shove on look we can't stand to send Santino as much as the next fucking guy right Say, he, dro- he drove, he turned into him on a straight, like NASCAR style. At 170 miles an hour. Like, what the fuck was that, Pato Award? Seriously. Like, seriously. He to have driven himself back to fourth. And did, did it with Kirkwood. Kirkwood, honestly, I get why they penalized him. Seems but harsh. It, but you also could have let that go as a turn one, lap one incident. That, 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 and they clapped him with it. Yeah. Given, yeah, given the way IndyCar has gotten down this year, it automatically makes Kirkwood's penalty harsher than it actually probably is. Yeah. Because 99 times so out of 100, you get go. away with that. Yeah, exactly. You, you let so much get, go go under the rug. That okay, it when's made... the last time Joseph Newgarden got penalized in a race? I, I literally cannot remember. I literally cannot remember the last time Newgarden had the book thrown at him. Yeah, and I can think in the last 12 months, I mean, the Nashville incident with Grosjean where he professional fouled him out of the race. Yeah, punted him into the wall and then got rude to fans who rightly called him out for driving like a dick. No, and mocked Grosjean in victory lane. And, and then and then two incidents here. I'd say the one on Polo, you could probably let slide. The one on Lungard was goofy. He ran himself all four wheels off to make sure that Lungard was going in the grass. And when Lungard found, yeah. and when Lungard found out there was no further action against New Garden's move, Lungard said, "And I quote: That's bullshit." <laughs> Can't argue with that. Um, I mean, back to the to, to roll it back to Andretti. By the way, Lungard doing bits in that RLL shit box. Tremendous job. 
Tremendous. Again, seventh again. Fantastic result from Lingard in that car. But if you, Andretti, as a whole, have left so many points on the table this year. Their front this three was... is really good. Their front three's driven really well. Like, Hurt has been their third best guy, I'd argue, this year, pound for pound, given Kirkwood and Grosjean have had, generally speaking, more highlight reel performances this year than, than, than Herta has. And Herta Kirkwood should have really should... won this race. Second yeah. at worst. Colton mm. Herta was the quickest guy all weekend until that final stint, and then we only realized after the fact that... I mean, Palo was the only guy who could live with him, but he couldn't pass him for most of the race. Mm. And then we see Herta, you know, having to lift and coast halfway down the front straight. Um, just a fuck up by the team. And even then, pulling him a, a lap earlier, he still would have been marginal on fuel against Palo with Palo with a full bundle of push capacities against him. Yeah. Um, it was it was screwed even before the team screwed it up. And Kirkwood probably has driven a lot better than his final results have shown this year. Absolutely. Because he's been the victim of a couple incredibly asinine incidents, somewhat of his own making, at least the second one in, um, it was St. Petersburg where he just, well, the second of his three incidents, let's say in St. Petersburg, but then everyone had an incident in St. Petersburg. <laughs> Who did? Uh, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> the list is then short. Grosjean. <laughs> and then Grosjean just from outside factors. And then this weekend, Grosjean just really driving very poorly. Andretti pace-wise has been every bit the team we expect them to be. And we've been asking to, them to be for the last two, three years. Yeah. They seem back on a competitive level. But both decision-making... And then actual execution in their operation has been really lacking this year. Yeah, the execution has been a little sloppy. They, they, they've also just been bitterly unlucky in many cases. Grosjean has, has easily been robbed of a couple of wins. Kirkwood was outstanding in, in Detroit. Well, and this was after Callum Eilock mounted him in a Rule 34 moment. Um, and, you know, Kirkwood Those long was, gearbox up. Kirkwood was one of the fastest dudes final 50 laps of the 500 and should have been in got the leading screwed. group in the end, got completely screwed by Felix's incident. You're like, like this team is like, we've given Andretti a lot of shit in the last two years. They're good. They've stepped up this year. They have genuinely been good. Like They've, They've just largely been a little bit unlucky and a little bit lacking in execution. But the drivers have stepped up. There's no question. Like Kirkwood's been excellent. Like um, Grosjean has proven that he can compete at the very highest level of this series. The needs thing to I find need to some see form. Out of Grosjean is he's got to recenter himself. Yeah, and and, and, and as Zoe said, Devlin is small, <laughs> and then Devlin exists because Devlin De Francesco. We all know why he's here. I've said um, it before. Like like Andretti, go go get Graham Rahal. Round off your team. Go get Graham. Why not? Fuck it. Go get Marcus Ericsson. If you can get Marcus Ericsson, even better. Like, throw the money at the house. Ericsson would be a perfect number four for you guys. And that's harsh on Marcus, trust me, because he's better than a fourth option in pretty much any team what, in this he'll series. He'll compete for an Indy 500 every year for if you give him the car. Absolutely. Because he, 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 we've proven he's an excellent oval driver. There's no question. 
Oh, what a mess Andretti has been. We'll, we'll call it there on this one. IndyCar's back in a couple of weeks' time uh, at Mid-Ohio. Dixieland, as we like to call it on this show. Uh, Mid-Ohio, will Polo make it four out of five? And if, if it is, you might as well cancel Christmas and we'll go home. Um, as, as, as our friend of the show, Josh Walcock, has said, my kingdom for a competitive single-seater championship. Um, <laughs> you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Um, so, yeah, that'll do it for us on this week. Um, we'll be back next week because I, we've got MotoGP for the TT Anasin, the Cathedral of Speed. Will Pekka Banyaya win or win via dominance? We'll have to wait and see. Or who knows? I mean, if, if we get a competitive field at Assen, it could be a we very... Won't. We won't. Moving on. <laughs> Which Ducati wins? Uh, is it Banyaya, Martin, maybe Bears find some form? You know, who... who Apparently had a very good test at Masano. Um, there's there's some talk you might get a wild card back end of the year, so that'll be fun. Brother Ryan is currently traveling via helicopter, um, being the world's <laughs> biggest Bautista fan. Going, oh my god, it was only point eight off the lap record. Uh, you know, so yeah, you know, you know, we could be seeing Alvaro Bautista, who's been, if in case you haven't been paying attention, dominating world superbikes at the moment. Um, so my, my kingdom for a motorcycle championship not dominated by Ducati. <laughs> impossible hashtag police called gone sexual etc um, <laughs> um what, 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 um, Alvaro, what are you doing with that exhaust pipe um anyway <laughs> so we'll be talking about that um next okay fine i just have the double bird again for that one um yes uh, so we'll be talking about <laughs> moto gp at assen for the tt and uh formula re is back this week as well for their first race in portland in the united states so that'll be interesting and they're running the full track as well so that's going to be very interesting to see how that turns out for formula e will it be uh, another cassidy comeback uh will mitch evans not get taken out by his teammate or will pascal verline finally qualify well we will soon find out the answer to those questions are more on the next exciting edition of motorsport 101 i've been dre harrison he's been cameron buckley and he's given me more double birds than marcus erickson has had top 10 finishes this season thank you very much for listening and sayonara Pascal, pretty please, with sugar on top. Pass some fucking cars.